welcome to episode number 12 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are in a series based upon my book entitled, Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. Today's topic is entitled, Financial Success. In my last episode, number 11, I mentioned that some people believe that making a lot of money means that we have been successful. They believe that when you have a lot of money, that means you've evidently done a lot of things right, and it shows that you're successful and that life has meaning. But you know, there's a lot of other definitions of success other than just making money. What comes to my mind immediately is my dad. He was probably one of the most successful people I've ever known in my life. Did he have success in making money? Not necessarily. Was he successful in being a father? Yes. To being a good provider for his family? Yes. A good, faithful husband? Absolutely. A Christian man who served other people? That was his constant goal. There is a man that I would put at the top of the list as being successful. It's interesting to think that my dad never really made any significant money. If he was working today, he'd probably be making somewhere in the range of twenty or $30,000 a year at best. And he did that for all of his life. Uh, I remember him starting at a company where they paid him a dollar an hour back in the 1950s, he told me. So that's pretty amazing to think that with that kind of money that he would have what some people would uh, think is success and others would think is failure. It's interesting also to think that my dad, when he retired, his home was paid for, his cars were paid for. Me, my mother, and my dad went on vacation every year to Hawaii, would spend a month. How in the world could he do that on making such a average you know, salary? The answer lies in the area of focus. My dad was focused on being a good man, a good husband, a good father, a good grandfather. And his priorities were to be successful meant to live a legacy of a great family and of great relationships. In all the years that I was with my dad, and he passed away at 80 years of age, he never really had an enemy. I can honestly tell you that I can never remember an individual speaking poorly of my father, negatively about him. His reputation was incredible, and to me, that's a great measure of success. The title of this episode is Financial Success. I look at my dad, and I think the fact think of many things about him, but one was he did have financial success because he was happy and content with his life and he felt fulfillment out of being with his children, being with his wife, and spending time serving others at his church. So that's great success. Most people that I speak to feel that financial success means great wealth. And as we'll see in this episode, that's not necessarily always true. Most people want financial success in their life, and I can understand that, and I'm sure my dad would have liked to have made a little more money here or there, but he seemed to always be content with what he had as long as he had a good relationship with his kids and with other people. We, we hear the phrase financial independence. Now, I don't want to focus on that a little bit because I'm not real fond of that word financial independence. We hear it over and over again from investment counselors, from brokerage firms. We hear it on the radio and television ads. As Christians, we know our God desires to bless us, but we must never desire independence from his plan and still expect his blessing. God is our source of prosperity and we must be dependent upon God to bless us in the ways that he chooses and I know he wants us to be blessed in every way imaginable. If we believe God, 
is our source, then we must be dependent upon His Word for our financial success. Now, we could study dozens of ways to obtain financial success and, and become financially independent as far as just the money goes, but we must always be dependent upon God. And unless we use the principles for good decision-making found in God's Word, we will never experience dependence on God. We must look at His Word and depend upon His Word and realize that is our source of wisdom when it comes to being debt-free and to have any form of financial success. I've listed here a number of things I think are important in determining financial success, and so let, let me just go over a few of them with you right now. Number one, we should always avoid quick decisions. In the book of Proverbs, it gives us advice about what it says is, a faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. There's so much wisdom in those words, and it tells us that we must always take time to make a decision, that we shouldn't be pushed into doing something by others, and that we, we must not look at other people and they're suggesting it, they're pushing it, so let's make that decision. Let's look at the example of buying a car. When you go in to purchase a car, you're maybe just looking for an automobile. What is one of the first things that the individual wants to ask you? How much of a monthly payment can you afford? You, you don't won't need any money in order to be able to get into this car. Or how soon can we make this happen? Or the clincher is, what can we do to make you purchase this automobile? What they're doing is they're kind of pushing you in a direction of making a decision without having the time to look at it and evaluate it. So never hasten to make a decision. We must understand that decisions should be led of God and we must seek some direction and some counsel and guidance and feel at peace about it before we make any decisions in the area of our finances. Now, item number two, deal with integrity in all financial matters. You know, we've all heard the statement, it's the principle, not the money. Now, when there is a dispute in a financial issue, you'll hear that comment. I know I had a business for many years. We had a real estate development company. We built office buildings. We did shopping centers. We did homes, did a lot of different types of things. And I had to negotiate a lot of contracts and negotiate a lot of, with a lot of contractors and individuals who would come to me with maybe an issue saying, well, we need more money for this or we need more money for that. But many, many times the comment they would say, it's, it's the principle in this thing, it's not the money. In, re in reality, whenever I heard this, it usually was the money. And sometimes uh, when I was trying to settle something, I'd say, okay, if, if it's the principle and not the money, then how much money is this principle going to cost me? In every one of those situations, we had to come to a financial settlement and we both needed to have integrity. I'm writing a new book, it'll be out maybe in a year or so. It has to do with with uh, dealing with people fairly in business, that both sides should win, that when we are having some kind of a financial discussion, it's, it's fair for both sides to make a profit on something. When, when I worked in the business of real estate development and, and negotiating deals, I found that so many times the deal was one-sided. One side was going to make money and didn't care if the other one was going to make money or not. That's not integrity. The Lord wants us to deal with integrity in our finances. And I believe if we do that, 
we may not make as much money on one deal as we'd like to, or it may not be as profitable on something else. But in the long term, integrity wins and helping others to win is a benefit to making wise decisions for our financial issues. Money is one of man's most personal possessions. I don't think you can get much more personal than money. If I was to walk up to you right now and say, how much money did you get paid this, this week? Or how much money do you make? And how much money do you have in the bank? And what's your home worth? I'm going to be backing you into a corner and I'm going to make you very uncomfortable. And that would be a totally improper thing to say. The book of Proverbs gives us some advice about that. It says in Proverbs 28, 6, better is the poor who walks in his integrity than one perverse in his ways, though he be rich. Integrity is always best. Integrity in our finances is not pretending or playing a game. <laughs> Any time we pretend to be someone we are not, we lack integrity. So let's move on. Item number three, avoid conflict in settling money disputes, if at all possible. You know, a few times in my real estate development business, I experienced conflict with how a transaction should be paid or how to settle a financial dispute. One rule we operated on was by to avoid legal action and settle disputes, even if it caused a financial <laughs> loss. And, and I know that word loss, I even had a rough time getting the word out. A loss is not a good thing, but sometimes a loss is the best decision to make to move on and to avoid a legal battle. There was an individual I knew once who came to me for counseling and he said, you know, pastor, I'm in the middle of a big dispute with a friend of mine and it started a few years ago and it was just for a few thousand dollars. And I, I just, we couldn't settle it. We just could not agree. So I went to my attorney and my attorney wrote him a letter. And so then he took that letter to his attorney. Then his attorney wrote his attorney a letter and it went back and forth. And before long, we were in a major dispute with each other. Now, it was really not a huge amount of money. I think it was somewhere around five or $10,000. But he said, this has going on, been going on for years. And as a matter of fact, now there've been you know challenges back and forth and legal bills that have been astronomical. And now we're, we're in the range of $100,000 in costs just to settle this thing. And he looked at me, he says, what should I do? I mean, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm kind of lost and confused. And I said, well, let me give you the advice that I think the Lord would give you. And that is that, Go to that man and say, I'm sorry, I apologize. And uh, that money that you said that I owed you of $5,000, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna give you that money and, and just let's just get this thing over and let's move on with our lives. And so he said, really? That's the advice you want me to give is to give in, to knuckle under and to admit that I'm wrong. And I said, I'm not saying who's right and who's wrong. I just think the Word of God tells us to settle disputes quickly. So anyways, he went out the door a little irritated with me. And then a couple months went by and I ran into him and I said, oh, by the way, how you doing? How's that situation going? He said, well, I took your advice. I called the guy up and I said, look, the money that you say that I owe, I'll go ahead and pay it to you. I, I guess I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. So let me just pay it and we'll be over with this thing. And it was, like I say, five or $10,000. And then on the other side of the telephone, he said he heard the guy laughing. And he thought, oh, this is great. The guy's laughing at me. Thanks, pastor, for this terrible advice. And the guy was laughing and, and he says, he said he interrupted the guy and said, well, what's so funny? I don't understand it. And the guy said, well, in all honesty, that's all I've been waiting for. If you would just simply apologize and say that you were wrong and, and, and be agreeable to pay that money, then we can stop this whole thing. And he said, as a matter of fact, you don't owe me anything. The apology is plenty. Let's just end this little battle and let's move on with life. 
I have another story that I'd like to share with you, and it's it's really a very powerful lesson on how to deal with uh, disputes and how to avoid conflict and settling money issues. If at all possible, try and avoid them. One such p- potential uh, conflict occurred occurred with a Christian friend of mine. We went into a business partnership together. We prayed about it. We thought it'd be a good thing to do, and we were good friends. And so we invested in some property. Well, you know, times went by, and the market, real estate market you know, get very very uncomfortable, very difficult, and it was very hard to to make any money. And so the investment that him and I had uh, were a couple of transactions. One was a house and another was a land deal. We, we just weren't doing very well. So all of a sudden one day, the, uh, the land sold that we had put money in, and we were going to each make $50,000 profit on that, which I was thrilled because we find it was really a difficult real estate market. And he called me up and he says, you know, we sold the piece of property and we sold it, made $100,000. And I said, that's awesome. And he says, and uh, I've decided because I'm having a difficult time, I've, I've decided that I'm going to keep the $100,000 and I'm not going to give you your share. And I was shocked. And I was like, oh my goodness, um, I didn't expect this. And I said, so let me ask you this question. Do you feel that you owe me that $50,000? And he said, yeah, most certainly. But he said, I can tell the way things are going with you. You're probably okay. He said, I really need the money worse and I'm not going to pay you. So if you want to sue me, sue me. If you don't, then that's fine. Oh, he says, oh, and by the way, he said that other house deal that we have going where we've each put money in, he said, I invested 50,000 in that. Would you, uh, would you give me that money back? He says, matter of fact, I'm not asking you give me that money back or I'm going to sue you for it. And I'm, I'm thinking, uh, Lord, I, I'm kind of not sure I understand what's going on here. We've been Christians for years, and I know you want me to settle disputes quickly. And he, I said, but this is just kind of over the top. Now, now think about it. I just lost $50,000 on the deal that he admits he owes me, and he's not going to pay me. Then the next deal comes up, and we have this investment, and he wants his money out, or he's going to sue me. So I, I said, well, I'll get back with you. So honestly, I just prayed about it for a few minutes, and I called him back. And I said, you know, I'm going to have to borrow the money to get your money back to you. But yes, I will give you your 50000 on that deal and I will buy you out of that. And I guess I'm not going to get into a lawsuit with you. So I'm just going to move on and I pray that we'll just do well and just give me a couple days. I'll borrow the money and we'll be fine. So he said, well, okay, that's, that's what I need. So, you know, that situation was over. The conversation was over and I went home and I walked through the door and I said, hi, honey. And she said, hey, how'd the day go? And I said, well, let me kind of give you a little explanation of what took place. And I explained to her the whole transaction. She says, so he admits that he owes you 50, but he's not going to pay you. And then he wants you also to give him $50,000 out of a partnership that we have. And if you don't, he's going to sue you for it. And you agreed to let him go on all, on all cases. And I said, yep, I sure did. I want to settle this dispute quickly. She said, wow. Well, I guess God's going to intervene on this one because he's going to have to. And I, and I said, yeah, he will. And you watch, you know, God's going to turn this around. Now, we were not wealthy people. $50,000 was extremely large amount of money for us, especially when I had to borrow $50,000 from a bank and put a second mortgage on my house in order to pay this guy for money that, quite frankly, he didn't really deserve getting paid. So we did what we did and we moved on. So we prayed that the Lord would sell this investment property that I had. And within just a matter of a couple weeks, the Lord intervened and we sold the property and we made we made a very good profit on it. So, so about, I don't know, a couple months went by and I ran into this individual and he was at a restaurant and I said, hey, how you doing? We just chatted for a second. And honestly, I didn't have any animosity towards him. I didn't want to have that. 
because I knew that if I wouldn't forgive others, God wouldn't forgive me. So I want to apply that into my life. So he said, by the way, he said, that house that you still had, he says, I bet you really got hurt on that one. And and he didn't say, I'm sorry, I'm really sorry that happened. And he said, so what happened? I said, well, right after you got out of it, we sold the property. Matter of fact, we sold it for a price above what we thought we would get. And I made $150,000 profit on it. And he said, oh, wow. And it was like he was sorry to hear that I had been blessed. And so I just said, yeah, it's great. And I said, God always intervenes. And I didn't go nana, 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 you know, <laughs> or laugh at him or tell him, boy, you really blew that one. But bottom line, God bailed me out of a problem because I believe that my ways were pleasing to him. The Bible says that we should pray for those who persecute us. And I prayed for that man every day. And he says, and, and you should pray for those who despitefully use you. And so I felt that I needed to honor that. So I believe that God will honor his word and his word tells us to avoid conflict. His word tells to settle things quickly. His word tells us to act in with integrity. And that doesn't mean the other person has to in order for us to, to operate with integrity. Our responsibility is to do what God decides what's best for us. And I know that God will bless you if you operate with integrity in all of your financial decisions. Now, I realize there are times when you might face a dispute that will require legal help. But even in that situation, try to settle a dispute quickly. And before taking legal action, seek God's word. Before meeting with someone who is in dispute with you, pray for favor from the Lord. I've done that and I've been blessed and I'm thankful to God for his blessing. Because of looking, now because of looking to God's word for our direction and and having faith in his ways, I was never sued or had to file a lawsuit against anyone to settle a transaction in over 30 years of doing real estate business in Arizona. I give all credit and all honor to our God for his advice that I found in his word. Now, number four, to have financial success, always be honest and upfront with people. Now, in any transaction, both sides should profit. I just, I think that's so crucial. I know in the real estate business and and negotiating contracts, a lot of guys, they want to be the winner and they don't care who loses, but that's just not what the Lord would have. In, in any transaction, both sides, it should always be, it should be beneficial to both. If you hire someone to come cut your yard, he should be paid a fair fee for the work that he does. He should do a good job for you and then you should then pay him according to the work that he did. And that way both sides win. It's always right to do what is right. In Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen, there's some good advice. He who covers his transgressions will not prosper. So if we feel we're going to have financial success and, and treat people poorly and treat people badly and abuse people and take advantage of people, then we will not prosper. We will, as a matter of fact, we'll fail um, both spiritually, we'll fail emotionally, and I believe we'll fail financially. Okay, let's move on to number five. Place our trust in God. Now, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 28, 25, he who trusts the Lord will prosper. Now, that's pretty direct, isn't it? He who trusts the Lord will prosper. That's an absolute. If we trust God, 
He doesn't want to hurt us. He doesn't want us to, to, to be beat up, you know, in any kind of transaction in finances. He will prosper us. His word also tells us in Proverbs 3, 5, which is one of my absolute all-time favorite scriptures, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Wow, <laughs> that's the challenge. We, we, we say we trust God, but then we have our own understanding. And our own understanding may be opposite of what God's word says. So let's trust him and not and lean not on our understanding, but lean on what God's word says. God does not earn our trust. We must earn his. Did you hear what I just said? God does not earn our trust. We must earn his. A lot of Christians say, oh, I just trust God. I trust God. I trust God. And, and maybe they do and maybe they don't. But I often wonder, can God trust us? If we get blessed financially, can he trust us to handle the finances, finances properly? Can, can we handle the financial success uh, that he's blessed us with? And so I think sometimes God will withhold financial blessings on people to make sure that they're ready to handle it. I've talked a lot about how spiritual prosperity must always come before financial prosperity. And that, that rule applies in this area in, in placing our trust in God and understanding not, not to lean on our understanding. Now, item number six, avoid every form of greed. You know, we need to watch our motives in buying anything or selling anything or making an investment in anything. Uh, and if you're single in dating, what are your motives? Uh, avoid greed. Uh, when it comes to making an investment in a piece of property, whether it's your, your home that you're, you're buying, let's, let's not uh, allow greed to enter in. We need, to ask, we need to ask ourselves if the financial decision that we are considering is based on need or on greed. Nothing wrong with making profit. There is nothing wrong with making money off of a transaction. However, uh, it's to meet our need. It's to help us. It's to bless us so that we can be a blessing in our life, have a blessing in our life, and we can also be a blessing to someone else. But it's not designed to, to feed our greed. You know, only you are able to answer this question. And you're the only one that understands the difference between need or greed in any type of financial decision. I have another personal story that deals with the issues of financial success. You know, every dollar that we spend affects our finances. And once that money is spent, I said it before in a prior episode, once you spend that money, it's gone. In most cases, once it's spent, it's gone and it's never going to come back. Let, let me give you a story about uh, uh, something that happened here a few years ago. I took my wife to a Broadway play here in Phoenix. It was kind of a last minute decision to buy some tickets, you know, so the seat selections were terrible and just absolutely terrible. The decision I had to make was to pay $60 for a seat that was three or four seats from the outside edge of a row, which means it's out in the corner, maybe not the best seat in the world, but it was either $60 or to pay $15, believe it or not, $15 for a Broadway play for seats on the outside edge of the row. The ticket guy that sold me the ticket said, the view might be a little obstructed. That's why the price is so cheap. And so you, 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 know, you may or may not want to do this, but there was hardly anything available. And I didn't think that it would be a big thing. We had seen the play before. And I didn't really have any big ego about I had to have a, a, a primary seat that, that was impressive. So I bought the seats. Some of you would call me cheap, but I bought the seats and my wife and I went to the play. Well, 
you know, when we went there, <laughs> we, we found uh, kind of an interesting reception from the people sitting around us. And you may be wondering, why am I telling you this story, you know, about, uh, about this, this play I went to? What in the world does it have to do with finance, financial success and, and becoming debt-free? So, but, but remember, every time you spend money, it'll make an impact on your finances. And once we spend it, it's not coming back. So we need to make sure that we make the purchases that we make with proper motives. And we must decide, you know, to never buy something in an, if, in an effort to impress someone else. Now, back to my story about our little trip to see this plate. Well, I admit at first I felt a little bit like a cheapskate, <laughs> but that's not the point I want to focus on. Now, as we sit at the end of the row, people would stop, look around and make comments about their better seats that they had paid. One guy even looked at me and said, uh, what did those seats cost? And I said, well, they were $15. Now he's sitting next to me and he said, well, mine was 60. Now I guess somehow I'm supposed to be impressed that he spent $60 for a seat that was 18 inches closer in than mine was. So, so here was the fact of, of where money became like a competition between two people. Quite frankly, I was really happy that I had only spent $15 for, for this seat. And we found it funny that those who had paid significantly more money than we did, four times as much, were basically sitting very close to us. Some of them were literally a, a seat or two away. Now, let me ask you a question on this. Do we spend money to appear to be something we are not? Here's another question. Do we have to drive a car with a luxury hood ornament in order to feel successful? Another one. Are the financial decisions we make affected by our need to look affluent? Well, you're the only one that can answer those questions. But remember, we should avoid every form of greed and avoid any time we spend money that, that we would do it to try and impress someone else. Now, in summarizing this, let me just make a couple comments. I'll pray and we'll wrap this one up. What is success? Is it having more possessions than others? The answer to that question is basically based on the actions of what we would call being successful. Do we avoid quick financial decisions? Do we always put integrity first? Are we honest and avoid conflict? Is our trust in God? And, and, and do we keep greed from motivating our decisions? Now, we must never forget that real success is how we live in our walk with our God. The, res the result of serving the Lord in his plan for our finances will be a life with financial freedom. Freedom, that is, to live debt-free. With that, I'm going to pray. I hope you were blessed by these stories. And uh, as we go into future lessons, there's a lot of stories that I've had from the years that I've lived. But let's just pray and ask God to bless you as we, we wrap up this, this session on financial success. Heavenly Father, I believe you desire to see your followers experience success. The greatest success we will ever attain is to accept you as our Lord and Savior. From that point on, we become your heirs, enabling us to receive blessings in every area of our life. Help us, Lord, to always pursue your plans for financial success. And we want to thank you in advance for future success in our finances. May that success provide for a life of debt-free living. For I ask all these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
Thank you for tuning in to this episode on financial success. I get a lot of excitement in preparing for these podcasts because I've seen so many people's lives be radically changed in the way they handle their finances. So we're going to take on a subject in the upcoming next episode. It's about spiritual prosperity and financial prosperity. You know, there's some some confusion out there, I believe, for some people as to which one is more important. Well, I'd like to leave you with this thought before we get into the next session, and that is without spiritual prosperity, we are never prepared for financial prosperity. So I hope you'll think about that as we close out this episode. You may subscribe to my podcast on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. My webpage is davidcfriendauthor.com. If you're interested in any of the materials that I've written on finances or faith or or healing or miracles, or even those on the issues of Vietnam, since I served there, those there are books available there for you obviously to enjoy. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may he give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.